What up, people? It is Saturday, October 2nd. My name is B. Hill, and this is the Just My Opinion podcast, so let's talk. Uh, Since the last podcast, uh, tomorrow will be a month that my uncle has passed, and it has been uh, a rough month, but it's all good. Uh, I think about him every day. Uh, I had some rough nights sleeping, but it gets a little easier every day. And I'm just grateful that I have such a wonderful support system around me of family and friends. And um, it seems like that my family, even though we're close anyway, but it seems like it's even more so now uh, since this unexpected loss of my uncle. And he was uh, a really important part of all of our lives. Um, and his memory will live on, but it, it's been rough. But we're all uh, being very supportive of one another, and um, you know we'll always keep him in our hearts. But we have to move on with our life, which doesn't mean that we don't care. But we're still here, so we have to just keep pushing forward. And my whole mentality and attitude about death, even when my brother passed. Uh, there's nothing I can do about it. I can't change it. Uh, all I can do is keep moving forward. I still have bills to pay. I still have obligations. So I'm not one to sit and dwell on a negative situation, especially with death. Uh, I try to accept it. Uh, I don't have to like it, but it is something I move on from. And that's just kind of how I deal with stuff in process. But this one is... And my brother's death was really hard. Uh, When my grandparents died, my grandfather passed away last year. And my grandmother passed away, I think, about seven or eight years ago. But both of those were difficult, but they were older in age. And when my brother passed, and now my uncle, these were just sudden getting a call uh, out of the blue saying that, you know, these two people have passed away. So death is a part of it's just a part of life that all of us will have to deal with um, but you know it's just amazing that it, it doesn't seem like it's been that long and for me um, not actually seeing his body and I think I mentioned this on the last podcast it, it's I think that's why I'm handling this one a little differently as well because not seeing his body um, not that it didn't give me closure, but that's not the last uh, picture I have of him in my mind. So all of my thoughts about him are from us hanging out, conversations we had. It was not just him laying in a box. So I think that's helped me a lot, and I think that's helped a lot of my family as well. But um, like I said, every day it gets a little easier. Uh, still miss that dude, think about him every day. Still pick up my phone and want to call him, but... You know, it is what it is. Uh, so just keep moving forward. Um, some of the new stuff that went on since the last podcast. Uh, Stephen A. Smith, he's a sportscaster on ESPN. He admitted in an interview that he got his uh, co-host Max Kellerman fired from the show they had together, First Take. Uh, I have never been a Stephen A. Smith fan uh, he is one of the most 
arrogant uh, and obnoxious individuals I've ever seen on TV. Um, I'm just, I'm not a fan. And Max Kellerman, (laughs) I like Max Kellerman's take on a lot of sports issues. Uh, I'm not a fan of Stephen A's, but them together made interesting topics uh, because they could kind of go head to head. Uh, Stephen A. Smith definitely seems like a wannabe alpha male who wants to be in control of the conversation. Uh, If you've ever watched any of his interviews or uh, any of his shows, he's very loud, boisterous uh, presence. And he talks loud and he's uh, seems comes across as very aggressive and Max could go toe-to-toe with him and he said that uh, the reason he had Max removed is because he just kind of felt like they did everything they could do in that space and the interesting part is Max has two new shows that are doing well and first takes ratings has started to drop since Max left and Stephen A is the sole uh, member and he's have I think he has different guests on the show. I don't watch it so, uh, but I just know how he is. And I think he's very hypocritical uh, in a lot of his takes. But again, it's an, a lot of his, his information is just opinion. What he does is just his opinion. And everybody has a right to it. Like, this is everything I say on here is just my opinion. So it's just how I feel. But this dude just never been a fan of Stephen A. Smith so not that I'm happy that his ratings are taking a dive but I like Max I think Max is a good dude from what I've seen and all the interviews and the shows he has good perspectives Um, and it's not even perspectives that I have personally but he just brings different uh, energy and different points to the conversation but it was just interesting that he admitted having Max removed and now he's pretty much running the show and the ratings are starting to drop since Max has left. I just found it kind of interesting. Um, scrolling through and saw a tweet by Ted Cruz where he says he stands with uh, Kyrie Irving, Andrew Wiggins, and Bradley Beal. They're all NBA players that aren't vaccinated. And This is what really pisses me off about politicians. Just two years ago, uh, Ted Cruz was wanting to boycott the NBA because of their support of Black Lives Matter, especially during the, while they were in the bubble and putting Black Lives Matter and uh, different names of of black people who were shot and killed by the police on their uh, jersey and recognizing them. He was talking about boycotting the NBA, but now, that these players are saying that they're not vaccinated and there may be some consequences for them um, not being able to play in certain states uh, or anything like that. But Ted Cruz is a typical um, bandwagon politician where he just, he's just annoying. I mean, I I can't stand that dude. Uh, But again, he's one minute he's boycotting the NBA or wanting to boycott because of support of Black Lives Matter, but when these same people are 
have a similar opinion of him. Now he wants to jump on that bandwagon. And honestly, I've talked about this on almost every previous podcast. I'm sick and tired of hearing about the vaccine, honestly. Uh, Take it, don't take it. I don't care either way. Just stop with the misinformation. I wish everybody would just keep their opinions to themselves about it. Because one thing I'm noticing is all these people that are saying that they're doing their own research about the vaccine, they aren't scientists. Scientists actually do fact-based research and they have peer review from other scientists to corroborate what they're saying is true and factual. So if you're just Googling stuff uh, and getting your information from Google or Facebook, that's not doing your own research, really. Because it's not, it, a lot of this information is based on uh, other people's opinion or just misinformation, period. But I think we're getting to a point of no return with fake information, fake news. And uh, I'm not very optimistic that it's going to get better anytime soon. And I hate to be a, a pessimist, but. This is, uh, it's just a huge segment of the population just thrive on misinformation, no matter how many facts you give them about anything. Uh, and to that point, the sister last podcast, the Arizona audit, which was BS anyway, uh, confirmed Joe Biden's victory by a slightly larger margin. And even though they confirmed that Joe Biden won that same night in a rally, Trump told his followers that he still won by thousands of votes. And that is not what that BS report said. I mean, it concluded what any rational person already knew anyway, that Biden won. But because it didn't come out his way, he still out here saying that he won by thousands of votes even when these people were on his side they were hired by Republicans to do this stupid audit and it didn't change anything and it actually gave uh, Biden even more votes but they still won't accept that so this is why I'm saying I think we're at a point of no return because at this point there's no rational reason we should still be hearing about this election and the my pillow dude, that crackhead, is uh, saying he's going to different states and wanting all these other artists. And he has all this information, and they're going to the Supreme Court. And we—they've already done the Supreme Court thing. The Supreme Court rejected all of that nonsense. But uh, it's, something is mentally wrong with these people. It, I've never seen anything like this, especially in this uh, large scale. I've seen it on a smaller scale, but this large scale of manipulation and pretty much stupidity, I've never seen anything like this in my lifetime. And even yesterday, right down the street from my house, um, I was going to get something to eat, crossing the bridge, and there were some, uh, probably a group of 10 to 15 people standing on the bridge with Trump warned signs and uh, signs that said vaccines kill. 
and this was right down the street from my house. Now, granted, I live in a um, an area north of Dallas that uh, is predominantly Republican. I would say probably 80 to 90 percent Republican, and which is fine. I mean, vote for who you want to, but it's just they're so delusional and so detached from reality. Um, I don't see anything changing anytime soon, and I actually think it's going to get worse before it gets any better, uh, because they're just that brainwashed and delusional and void of facts and reality, Um, and people I know are the same way, so that's why some of these people that uh, have these same thoughts, I'm kind of distancing myself, because for me, This is beyond politics, and I've said this before as well. This this is not politics. This is uh, rational thought. But uh, again, I think we're at a point of no return, Um, and I'm not optimistic about the future and what, especially elections and things like that. Uh, It's going to be a long three more years and next year with the midterms it's going to be a long uh, year leading up to the midterms as well and then we have the debt ceiling debate going on right now because back in I think it was 2019 under the previous administration Mitch McConnell he said that the GOP would never allow the U.S. to go into default on their payments but now the debt ceiling needs to be uh, raised so the U.S. won't default. And McConnell is saying that all the Republicans, they will not vote to increase the uh, debt ceiling limit because the Dems have all three branches of government they control and uh, they should be able to do it on their own, which is a lie because of the filibuster uh, in the Senate they will need at least 10 Democrats, I mean 10 Republicans, to sign off on the bill to increase the debt ceiling. And they're not going to do it at this point. So he's willing to play politics and uh, not raise the debt ceiling and allow the economy to take just to shove it to Joe Biden and the Democrats. And this is another reason I hate politicians because of this stuff. Not thinking about the repercussions of his actions and then being such a hypocrite about it just two years ago when you said he would never allow uh, the U.S. to default on their payments. But he's willing to do it under a Democratic president. This is just nonsense. I can't stand any of these people. And it's not just uh, Republicans either. Some Democrats... They can't, within the party, they can't even get along. And it's, I wish people would just do what's best for their constituents and not what's best for their donors. Most of these politicians are bought. I think there are some who truly um, are there to work for the people. But the majority of these people, like this thing with Mitch McConnell, he's, even when Obama was president, he said... My job is to make sure he's a one-term president. How is that doing what's best for the people and not passing legislation? 
he tried to do everything he could to uh, disrupt the Obama administration, and he's doing the same thing now. Uh, it's it's very disheartening because you know a lot of people will be affected by these decisions, but it's all to say, you know, this happened under uh, Biden's watch. So just like the Afghanistan withdrawal, it ended up happening under Biden's watch, the uh, finality of it, but it started under the Trump administration. And now they're talking about these uh, bills that the Democrats want to pass and the uh, infrastructure bill and how much it costs. Now they're worried about how much things cost when the past four years they weren't. I mean, they put us in more debt than any other president the previous administration did and all of this stuff very little of the bills that were passed affected the middle to lower class it was a lot of tax breaks for the rich once again and the people who think trickle-down economics works are idiots um i don't remember if i talked about this in the last episode but there's a guy and i wish i would have got his information and googled his name um, but he owns a credit card processing company in seattle washington he in 2015 he decided to make his minimum salary for his employees seventy thousand dollars and he took a pay cut in order to do that and democrat i mean republicans fox news everybody called him a socialist and that his company was going to go out of business and his workers will be in the welfare lines. Well, as of today, that company is making record profits. He's been able to uh, hire more people, still paying a minimum of $70,000. His employees have been able to start families, buy their first home or buy homes, period, because of that. And when you take care of your employees, they take care of you back for the most part. But when you're giving these tax breaks to Jeff Bezos and all of these uh, people, uh, the dude that owns Tesla, I can't think of his name offhand, but they'd rather use that money to go to space than pay their employees a fair wage. That money does not trickle down to the employees. I work for a Fortune 100 company. There's a lot of stuff I see firsthand. I get um, the quarterly statements. So I see how much money the company makes. Not to say that um, I'm trying to be very specific about the way I word things, but I get paid pretty good. I will deny that. But do I think my value is worth more? Absolutely. And do I think our raises are very minimal? Absolutely. You know, you work a whole year. You're volunteering to do extra work and I'm on several different committees and all of that stuff. And then once you get your salary increases, it doesn't keep up with inflation or um, cost of living at all. It absolutely does not. But that's life. And that's why I'm exploring all of my options at this time. Uh, on the positive side is I've been working from home for over five years 
that's a benefit in itself. Um, I work for a wonderful boss. My manager is cool. Um, he doesn't bother me. He kind of lets me do my thing. If he needs something, he'll reach out. Or if he just wants to check on me to see what's going on, he'll reach out. But otherwise, he just kind of lets me do my thing and I can kind of take off when I need to or when I want to, which I'm taking off next week to go to the casino. But, uh, you know, it's when I look at the politicians we have and how they try to make everything so political because even when we look at the the vaccine and mask mandates, um, corona, all of that, to me, none of this is political or shouldn't be politicized because it's a worldwide issue and people try to make it a United States issue and the, the government is trying to force you to do things. And it's, this is something that's worldwide. But it's just, again, so much stupidity and I think a lot of people are just being defiant just to be defiant. And a lot of people, I don't think, even believe the BS uh, that they're spewing themselves. But we have seen over the past year a lot of people who are verbally... Um, against the vaccine and recommending people don't get it die from not getting it or die from the virus and they weren't uh, vaccinated I know that and I do believe because the science shows that if you're vaccinated and you get coronavirus that you have a better opportunity of living and your symptoms aren't as bad uh, but I digress and lately um, prosperity preachers have been in the news a lot and I was looking at some uh, interesting information like Kenneth Copeland prosperity preacher and basically a prosperity preacher is a person that uses scripture to basically say the more you give to them the more blessings you will get in return so as long as you're giving, you should you will get in return. So Kenneth Copeland, he's worth $760 million as a preacher. He has all kind of private jets and mansions and things of that nature. Jesse Duplantis, he's worth $50 million. And uh, these are, I saw clips this week from both of these people talking about well Jesse DePlantis said that the reason God has not come back yet is because people aren't paying enough for him to come back Um, I saw a clip of Paula White who's the spiritual advisor in quotes uh, to the previous administration and she was saying she was on the show where she was selling a book her book and she was telling people to send $35, $3,500, or $100,000 to her so they could be blessed. And when I think about these preachers and pastors with huge uh, churches and houses and congregations and stuff, and I see what do they do for the people in the community. And Benny Hinn is a perfect example. He's supposed to be a faith healer. And I've seen back in the day Benny Hill would be at like arenas full of people and he would call people on stage and 
touch when they fall out or they're supposed to be healed and he would wave his hand and the whole side of the arena would fall down as if they're being healed and it's like not one of these people faith healers have I heard about going to a hospital and healing people in the hospital if your ability from God is that strong where you can touch somebody why do they have to pay to come see you and you heal them there why don't you go to the hospitals and do that stuff and what the blessings I get in return from God should not be based on me paying you all of this money now I believe in God I believe in paying tithes the 10% I do believe in sowing a seed um I do but what they're saying is they I've heard pastors tell you to send your bill money rent money people that live paycheck to paycheck to them and you'll be blessed a hundredfold and you'll get it back you won't have anything to worry about but these people aren't helping their congregation now I look at somebody like T.D. Jakes Um, he's here locally and I've been to the church before, but I've seen what he's done for the community as well with this school and other things. And maybe some of these other ones are doing other things, but I, I don't know about them. Um, but I've never heard T.D. Jakes say, send me your money either. I've never heard him say, if you send me $1,000, you're going to be blessed a hundredfold. I've never heard him ask for money like that. But I've definitely heard Kenneth Copeland and Jesse Duplantis and uh, Paula White do that. And I hate that for people that believe in that stuff too. But for me, I know that all of these pastors and preachers are human. So they all have faults. So when somebody does something that uh, they get in trouble for, it doesn't surprise me because they're fallible just like I am. Uh, They definitely are on a higher, should be on a higher level than me, but I I just kind of keep my eyes open with with pastors because I know there are a lot of false prophets out there that try to take advantage of weak-minded people, and I am not a weak-minded person, but uh, it was just interesting that a lot of these prosperity preachers have been in the news a lot lately uh, for those kind of things. And then I saw something on TikTok that I did not know that they have basically challenges for high school students or uh, students, period. And these are some of the most ridiculous challenges. And I first heard about this last month. I was hearing about uh, bathrooms in schools being vandalized. Well, that was the September TikTok challenge was to vandalize school bathrooms. The October challenge supposedly is slap a staff member. Uh, November is kiss your friend's girlfriend at school. And December is deck the halls and show your private parts. I'm assuming in the halls at school. Uh, This is stupid. And this uh, slap a staff member challenge I can guarantee next week we're going to hear on the news about a student uh, either getting 
hit back or getting in trouble or arrested for slapping a staff member. This is stupid, but teenagers will do this stuff. So uh, the next couple of months is going to be kind of crazy, I think, because there are people out there that will try this stuff. And I wish parents would talk to their kids about this nonsense. And I hope if uh, a student slaps a staff member, a teacher, or whatever, because I have friends that are teachers, uh, that they are charged with assault and battery or something. And, you know, maybe they'll learn from that because this is this is stupid. Whoever came up with this stuff is just ridiculous. But it's up to individuals to, you know, not do it. But I have a feeling that we're going to hear about this stuff uh, over the next few weeks, especially October. Um, then I saw something on Facebook that really spoke to me because it's something I've been trying to tell somebody I know for a long time. And what it said was, feeling the need to be busy all the time is a trauma response and fear-based distraction from what you'd be forced to acknowledge and feel if you slowed down. And I know somebody, a couple of people with this issue. Um, I've never seen somebody so busy every day of the week helping other people, just trying to do something. And I've always told this person, uh, you need to slow down. You know, I mean, it could be little stuff. Something as simple as me saying that, oh, I need to get this from the store. They'll volunteer to go to the store to get it. And it's almost like they don't want to sit with their demons. And I know this person has some, has a lot of things that they've never dealt with, that they need to. And their life will never calm down until they face certain things in their life. Um, But they just refuse to. And it's, um, I've seen this person be stressed, get sick physically, uh, because they're just constantly going, going, going. And I mean, just anything to um, not just sit at home and, and deal with their thoughts. And like, personally, I like being at home. I like my own company. But I've always known this particular person that they never stay at home. They're always trying to do something for somebody else or they're always finding a reason not to be at home and they have to stay busy. And I've always known that it was because they do not want to face um, their past and issues they've had in the past. And I've recommended going to therapy. I even volunteered to go to therapy with them if they needed support. But at this point, they've refused to do that. They've refused to seek help. But I just... I pray for this person all the time, and I hope they get the help that they need. Otherwise, I think they could die early because of all the stresses that they're putting on themselves by not facing uh, whatever trauma they have. And like I said, I know for a fact there's a lot of trauma within them. Um, so I'm just praying that they make the right decision and try to get help for that because it's not healthy. Um, on a positive note, my fantasy leagues are doing pretty good. Well, I'm two and one in two of my leagues and one and two in my own personal league. Uh, this past week was a rough one. I played against my dad in fantasy, and him and I have a 
very competitive relationship in almost anything we do. Um, and it sucked for me because as of Monday night, he was winning by, I think, 12 points. And I had Philadelphia Eagles running back and Philly played the Cowboys. And I needed like 12 and a half points to beat my dad. So he had conceded. He was like, you know, it's the starting running back for the Eagles. Cowboys run defense is not that good. You'll, you'll win. They only, the Eagles only rushed the ball three times. Or their starting running back only had three rushes the entire game. And I ended up losing by like five points. So that gave my dad the win. Which sucked because now he has bragging rights until we play again. But it was a good week. Uh, it's always fun and competitive. I do like talking noise with my dad. That's a fun thing that him and I have together. Uh, as far as the Cowboys, they are looking pretty good. I'm still not sold on them just yet. And we'll kind of see how the next few games play out. But uh, I still think Dak Prescott is overpaid. But he's shown a little bit in these first three games. So hopefully they can keep it up. And also the past couple of months I found uh, some good shows to watch. A couple of good shows to watch. Um, All American on Netflix with Tay Diggs is a really good entertaining show. Uh, there are three seasons on Netflix, like 16 episodes per season. Uh, he plays a high school football coach and he recruits a player from another school to come play at his school. And I think it's just an all-around good show. Of course, the kids are, they do some ridiculous stuff that's unrealistic, but it definitely kept me entertained. And it was something I binge-watched over like a two-week period. And then this week I found this show on HBO Max called Southside. It is hilarious. And it's based in the south side of Chicago. And it's about these two friends who... Uh, work at a rent-to-own store and that's kind of what they go through on a day-to-day basis but it's only one season so far and I read that they're gonna season two to start uh, I think November October November but if you're looking for a good comedy I think there are 10 episodes uh, in the season it's only a half hour show so Southside I highly recommend it on HBO Max I thought it was hilarious A couple of my friends, I had them watch it and they feel the same way. But All-American and Southside, two good shows if you're looking for something to watch. Uh, This week's verbal middle finger goes to, and unfortunately, I don't have the name of the person uh, because the news story did not give a name. But uh, he lives in Salem Lake Subdivision in Virginia Beach. And... I'm assuming he's white based on the story, but they never show him. Um, But they interviewed some neighbors, uh, a black neighbor, and basically this particular individual, whenever his minority uh, neighbors come outside, he has speakers set up on his house to play either racist music or monkey sounds. And it's almost like, from what they showed in the news clip, um, when the neighbors come outside, the guy has 
a light flash and it's almost like it's on a, a timer or something. So he notices the, because he has cameras all around his house, so the camera notices a door opener, somebody in the yard or something like that, a light will flash and then either racist music or monkey sounds will play. And just imagine that whenever you go outside, you hear monkey sounds or racist music. And that's your neighbor. That's what you have to deal with every day. And you have kids. Um, that has to be a miserable individual that would even concoct something like that. So I hope, uh, I know they've been to the police and things like that, but they really weren't able to do a lot. Um, but hopefully with the story being on the news and they actually showed his house, something will happen uh, to where he either has to move or he's charged with something. Um, but I can't even imagine having that happen to me on a daily basis or whenever I leave my house, you hear monkey sounds or racist music playing. So dude, whoever you are, you deserve two middle fingers. Uh, you deserve more than that. So F you for life, dumbass. Um, and finally, the quote of this week is, whatever I go through, I get through. So even when I'm not good, I'm still good. That's it for this week. Um, until next time, God bless. Peace. Thank you.